the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or estate law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. Call him now at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. And Ask the Lawyer. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses Well, welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. Okay, now those of you who don't know about this show, the first part of the show, we take questions about estate planning and elder law, and the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. So if you have any questions about estate planning, give us a call right now, one 866 Nine seven zero nine six two two, one eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. Now, once a week on the Kevin McCullough show, we take one show, one question each show. And uh, James, if we can pay the Kevin McCullough question of the week. Hi, I'm Kevin McCullough, and every week we ask the lawyer a very specific question about estate planning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mike Connors is, in fact, that lawyer of Connors and Sullivan. And rejoins us. Happy New Year to you, Mike. Good to hear your voice again. Caesar writes. Caesar writes this week, and he goes, "I'm a little confused about this probate thing. What exactly is it? Why do we have to avoid it? And also, how long would it take if my will went into probate after I'm no longer here? What say you, Mr. Mike?" Okay, I guess. What is this probate thing? Basically, if when you pass away, there are assets in your name alone. In other words, you don't have a beneficiary. It's not joint. It's not in a trust. If you pass away or when you pass away, if assets are in your name alone, they go through court. If you have a will, it goes through probate. If you don't have a will, it goes through court administration. The problem with probate or court administration, everybody who's a next of kin by law must be officially notified. If you have a will, they have to be given a copy of the will. They're given the opportunity to contest the will. And if you can't find your relatives, and I think we had this question a couple of weeks ago, if you can't find your relatives, you have to go publish in newspapers. They're court-appointed lawyers, and probate could take forever. Wow. Now, at the same time, if you have two children to get along and everything's left to the two kids, you know, and, and they have no problems and they agree on the same lawyer and so forth, probate might take a couple of weeks. A month or two, probably, things are always getting a little bit slower. The bureaucracy's always getting worse. So if you have missing relatives, if you have somebody who's going to contest your will, if you have an next of kin who's incompetent and can't sign a consent to your will, you want to avoid probate because probate will take years. And the best way to do that is a trust. Especially if you own real estate, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, friends, if you need more details, uh, contact uh, Connors & Sullivan because that's what they excel in. And if you've got more questions, uh, dial them up, 347-735-MIKE, 347-735-MIKE, or email them at MikeConnors, all one word, at gmail.com, MikeConnors at gmail.com. And be listening to Ask the Lawyer, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 570, The Mission, and 6 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Mike, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, now, getting back to that question, a little more clarification on it. And again, I know a lot of people don't really understand probate and why it goes through probate. A lot of people think, well, if I have a will... My estate doesn't go through probate because is not why I want a will. No. What sends you through probate is when you pass away, if there are assets in your name alone. Usually a lot of times those assets are the smaller assets would be the checking account. A lot of times people die, the checking account is their name alone. And, of course, a lot of people own a co-op. They own a house. The stock certificate to the co-op, the deed to the house is in their name alone. 
when they pass away, and then we got to go through probate. We have to go to court. Now, if you don't have a will, the state writes a will for you, and the assets in your name alone would pass to your next of kin by law. But it, you're always better off with a will. Your relatives don't have to prove who they are. So the first step in estate planning is to do a will. If you own real estate and you want to protect that house for your family, then you think about a, a trust agreement. Meanwhile, we have a question now from Cindy in Brooklyn. Yes, Cindy, what's your question? Uh, yes, uh, my mother is elderly. She needs my help a great deal. Um, she she's still lucid, though. Um, uh, what could I do to to take care of her, be her guardian, or something? Okay. Well, ordinarily, we'd want to avoid it. Uh, when you said she's still lucid, in other words, she recognizes you. She speaks in sentences. She knows members of her family. Yeah. Okay. Well, then in that case, we'd like to see if mom would be willing to sign a power of attorney. Now, the power of attorney, she would appoint usually a family member. It doesn't have to be, but since your mother, let's say she appoints you or one of your brothers or sisters, whoever in the family, to manage her assets in case she becomes incompetent in the future. And that is a lot less traumatic for somebody than if you have to go through a guardianship. Because to go to a guardianship, it's a court proceeding. Again, most of the relatives have to be notified. Sometimes it's an awful place where uh, family linen is washed in public when maybe it shouldn't be. And it can be very embarrassing to the senior citizen who's up on the stand and some court-appointed lawyer asks that person, well, who's the president of the United States and things like that. You want to avoid a guardianship if possible. If your mom's still elusive, she speaks in sentences, she recognizes her family, she has a general idea of what she wants to do, I would strongly recommend she, you talk to her about signing a durable power of attorney. And again, if you want to schedule an appointment with us at Connors & Sullivan, you're more than welcome to do that. Okay, thank you, Cindy. Uh, Beth, you have one question, right? Yes, I do. I have a few, but this one, anyway, this is from Therese, and it's 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 right there with estates. How can I find out information on an estate if I'm not the executor? Okay, well, you know, again, that's one of the, the problems sometimes when we have the emails, but assuming you live in New York or the person who died lived in New York, you can go to the county where the person died, goes to the surrogate court and see if there's been an estate file opened up on them. So if they had a will and that will's needed to transfer assets, or if they didn't have a will and, you know, they're, they're assets in the person's name alone and somebody's applying to be administrator, that's public record. And, you know, that's another reason why sometimes people say they want to avoid probate. I've never found that to be a, a strong reason. But, you know, a will is public information. And there's some people, you know, like... Sometimes when a movie star dies or a celebrity dies, you know, some reporters who really don't know that much get a copy of their will filed in surrogate's court, and they put it in the newspapers and things like that. And, of course, one, that could be misleading because you could have, you know, movie star didn't leave anything to his children under his will. But meanwhile, he may have had a trust leaving him $10 million or something like that. So, you know, it can be misleading just to read the estate. But if a will has to go through probate, you go to surrogate's court in the county where the person died. By When I mean by the county where the person died, the county where the person resided just before they died. Like if you die in a Manhattan hospital but you're a Brooklyn resident, you should go to the Brooklyn surrogate's court to you know, figure out and take a look at the file. And, and again, the other side of the coin is that's why some people don't like, like to avoid probate because they don't necessarily want their wills to be open to the public to be seen by everybody. And, of course, one of the problems is if you have creditors or potential creditors you know, your will gets filed, you know, the hospital medical providers are very good at looking at probated estates and saying, hey, wait a minute, John Smith owns a house in Brooklyn. You know he holds our nursing home, $100,000. Let's put a claim in against this estate. And that's one of the, that is one of the genuine problems about privacy. And, of course, every once in a while we get hooked up into something. Somebody has the same name. You know, two people have the same name. And the claim really is against somebody else, but you get mixed up and you have to deal with it because you got two John Smiths and your father was named John Smith. Another John Smith owned, died owing that nursing home money. They put a claim in the estate. you got to pay some from legal bills to get that claim removed, even if they say, oh, yeah, we're, we made a mistake. It's not the same person. Ordinarily, we want to avoid probate. We avoid probate when we pass away. There are no assets in our name alone when we pass away. And if you got a question on how to avoid probate, Give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500.
We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. You'll listen to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Mike Connors, host of Ask the Lawyer and published in New York Magazine's top-rated lawyers. Whether assisting a client with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, nursing home plan, or other matter, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of their clients' rights and interests. Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, has dedicated attorneys that can help you with estate planning, elder law, and probate. They listen to their clients to learn about their families, their financial picture, and their long-term goals to create a comprehensive plan to meet your objectives. They assist with the complex tax matters that are often involved in estate planning and probate. Contact Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, with offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Midtown Manhattan, and Staten Island to schedule a free consultation with an attorney. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And listen to Ask the Lawyer right here every Saturday evening at 6. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got a question for Mike? Call him at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Okay, welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Those of you who know the show, the second part of the show, we have guests and we talk about history, politics, religion, nostalgia in a lot of cases, old movie actors and TV stars and things like that. And tonight is going to be no exception. The last guest in our show is going to be Mike Lindell from My Pillow, And he's going to be talking about his story, which is a little bit different than you might think it is. And it's kind of interesting. He's got a book coming out soon. So we're going to be talking to Mike Lindell of, you know, the guy in all those commercials, My Pillow. We have My Pillows and they're great. Okay. And before him, anybody remember Batman and Robin on TV? Adam West Hooray. and Burt Ward. <laughs> well, unfortunately Adam West passed away, but Burt Ward is with us tonight. And you know, one of the things about Burt Ward, he's got a pretty good sense of humor, but he's developed a dog food that he says that can make dogs live double their life expectancy. So guess what Otto's going to get? Is he going to get it? I don't know. It's coming We're out gonna, in February. When is, it, when is it ready? When did it's you coming say? out in February, he said. So February is only three weeks away. All so right. Three, We're going to have to get away. some for Otto. Yeah, because he's talking about Great Danes living past 20 years old. That's impressive. Yes. Okay, so, you know, we're, we're talking about Warden. Of course, one of the things about that old TV show is the tremendous guests that they used to have like George Sanders and Vincent Price and Frank Gorshin and Burgess Meredith. and I still love those shows. Yeah. And, you know, I had forgotten that George Sanders was on an Academy Award winner, too. You know, Cesar Romero? Cesar oh Romero, gosh. yeah. You know, so there's some great, great memories you know, tied in there with <laughs> Burt Ward. And he's been, you know, he's been an animal or dog rescue guy for the last few years. And he developed this dog food, and he says it makes animals live longer, and he's got his theory. And, you know, he'll be sharing this with us. Now, if you have any email questions you ask us that we, you know, ask on the show, because we seem to get more email questions now than we do uh, phone calls, you can email your question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's different from before. You heard Kevin McCullough talk about it earlier. It's you can send your email questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's an email server that was put up by this radio station so that, you know, they announce it on different shows. And then, you know, you can have your question go into there. And then each week with Kevin, we'll um, answer one show. If we don't get it answered on Kevin's show, then we'll try to get it answered on this show. And, you know, most of the time we can answer most of the questions. I mean, every once in a while, somebody's question is a little bit too vague. And it's hard for me to get into the weeds when we don't know all the facts behind the question. So if you're writing a question, try to be as specific as possible. I might cut it down if, if it's too – don't worry about being too long because we might cut down the question slightly. 
But try to be as specific as possible because sometimes you don't know all the facts. It's difficult to ask the question. Now, you know, technically it's too late, but I got a hunch there may be some cancellations. If you want to see Michael Corder, and those of you, Michael Corder's been on our show a couple of times, very interesting historian. He's going to be at the Civil War Roundtable Monday night. Call first at 718-341-9811. See if they have any cancellations and see if there's room available to go see Michael Corder on Monday night because i got a hunch with the weather right now, we're not going to have a sold-out house. What do you think, Beth? I don't know. Even if the people said they were coming, they might be a little bit nervous. I get a little bit nervous. You know, uh, y'all may know I have some arthritis. And, man, you get a strong wind and, you know, a slippery sidewalk, and it's, it's a little scary. All right, but in any way, 3 West Club, 530, 3 West 51st Street. Now, in Monday, February 12th, and you definitely get a reservation for that, we have the Barondess Lincoln Award. Elizabeth Brown Pryor for Six Encounters with Lincoln. Now, the Barondess Lincoln Award, it's Barondess, is awarded each year for the Lincoln Scholarship, and that's our winner for February. In March, one of my favorite Civil War speakers is going to be on, Kurt Fields, Professor Kurt Fields, and it's going to be playing General Grant, who's making an announcement 150 years ago to run for the presidency of the United States. And by the he way, talk speaks about to you in time, right? So we're going to be all excited when he announces his president, his run for the office. Yeah, and he is he is great. He's one of my favorite speakers. <laughs> We got to get him back on the show pretty soon, but uh, absolutely. You know that's Kurt Fields, and he does a great job as president or General Grant. You know, one sad note in the uh, Civil War Roundtable news: Edward Bonacamper, who's been on the show I don't know how many times, unfortunately passed away a couple of weeks ago. And it was um, a bit of a shock for everybody. Yeah, he was seventy-five years of old, seventy-five years of age. His wife said, you know, he had trouble breathing, went into the hospital, and passed away. So that was a shock. And he was supposed to be our September speaker at the Civil War Roundtable. And he is a, you know, he's got a book coming out soon, you know, a, a book that postdated his life. And, and we'll, we'll highlight that book when it, whenever it comes out. But, uh, you know, a, a loss because he was a nice guy and a great historian. And he had his theories and he was not afraid to put them out there. And it's a loss to the academic, Civil War academic world. It is a shame. Ed Bonacamper. Yeah. Rest in peace. God bless him. And on that note, I guess we'll take a short break and we'll be coming back to talk to Burt Ward. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Whenever I sit down with a homeowner, the number one question asked is always, which reverse mortgage option is best for me and my family? I personally will help you decide which reverse mortgage program is best for you. My job is to help active retirees find the best solution for their retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward, objective information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. 
Call 888-943-2646. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now with me is Burt Ward, co-star of the TV series Batman. How you doing today, sir? Fine, citizen. So you, I, I just found out you're doing a, you're having a new f- film re- release soon. Warner Brothers, um, you know, has made a, a major uh, feature film animated with my voice as Robin. Adam West's voice as Batman, and this new movie is called Batman versus Two-Face, and Two-Face's voice is being portrayed by none other than William Shatner. So here you have the two most iconic TV shows in history, Batman and Star Trek, where the actors are working together. Okay, well, that sounds like a can't miss. We got to see that one. Going back to the TV show, you know, some of the younger listeners may not know, you played Robin. Of course, yes. Well, it's still on front every day of the week, all throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and I understand over 100 countries. Okay, now it was a different type of TV series. Yes, family entertainment. Now, one of the things I always liked about the show, or even sometimes now when we see the reruns, the great villains, guest villains that you had, like Burgess Meredith, Vincent Price, Frank Gorshin, Julie Newmar, uh, I don't even think we could name them. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero, yeah. What was it like working with all those great actors? I was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, these are people that I had watched when I was a kid growing up in movies and on television. You know, I mean, people like Vincent Price, I mean, who played Egghead. And I remember when he first came on the set, I had seen movies when I was a child. It scared me. So for a moment when I first met him, I was a little intimidated, but he turned out to be a really nice man. One time, which I just found preparing for this interview, George Sanders was once a villain? Yes, uh, yes. He played Mr. Freeze, also played by Otto Preminger. George Sanders. I mean, that's the guy who won the Academy Award. Exactly. Oh, we had some great actors and actresses on Batman. Fantastic actors. And there were so many actors that wanted to be on our show that what we end up doing is having to create that walking up the wall where they knock on the on the window, you know what I mean? And we open up the you know, they open up the window and there is like uh, Sammy Davis Junior, Dick Clark, Lurch, uh, Colonel Clink, Betty White, Don Ho, just so many great actors and actresses, and that's the only way they could get so many on our show. What was your favorite episode? What episode do you remember the the best? Let me tell you, there was 120 of them. There wasn't any one favorite, but I always took the position that if I survived an episode without having to go to a hospital and with an emergency, second-degree burn, broken arm or leg, or two-by-four hitting me in the head, I was always the best ones where I didn't end up being hurt. Now, did you do your own stunts? I didn't want to, but unfortunately, I had to in most cases because my stuntman didn't look like me. And, you know, I, I said to them, why did you hire somebody that doesn't look like me as I was being headed off to the hospital? You know what I'm saying? You know, just imagine that, like in the first episode, there were four days in a row, not in a row, but for the first six days, I went to the emergency hospital, second-degree burns. I had a two-by-four land on my nose, broke my nose. I mean, this was a dangerous show. Now, the studio was very smart. They took out a $3 million life insurance policy on me, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. By the time the series name came to an end, uh, I thought they were trying to collect on that policy. <laughs> How did you get the part in the first place? Well, there was 1,100 young actors that came out for the role of, of Robin. And uh, when they selected me, the executive producer, William Dozier, came to me and said, uh, would you like to know why we selected you to play this part? And I said, sure. He said, because in our minds, forgetting television, if there really was a rock, I mean, for real, he said, we think that you, Burt Ward, would be it. So we don't want you to, quote, act. We want you to just be yourself and be enthusiastic. And that's what I did for 120 episodes. It's got to be hard to keep your enthusiasm up for that many episodes. Well, uh, not really. I really had a lot of fun doing it. I guess the only thing for me was that was a problem was 
you know, the, the danger of doing it. And then secondly, that costume, which uh, I'll tell you, was a, a monster to wear. Now, did Adam West have to go through that, you know, the same kind of stunts and danger? Oh, no, no. He had a stuntman that, that because he wore that cowl that, that could pass for him every time. So, you know, he'd be off there having coffee with my stuntman while I was uh, on the way to the emergency hospital. <laughs> did you ever kid him about that? Oh, well, yeah, but it wasn't too much of a funny it wasn't too much of a joke, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, it, it was such a dangerous show. I mean, it was, it, you know, I think they have in today's world more, you know, protections for the actors than they had then. Once the show's finished, what what did you end up doing? Well, I, I've made personal appearances for ever since then. I go out every single week and sign autographs. I've done also done 40 movies for television. These are uh, smaller you know, feature films, you know. Um, kind of stuff, and uh, I've had fun doing that. Uh, and um, now I've been well. I've also done Batman movies, Batman specials, uh, and I have the brand this brand new movie from Warner Brothers just coming out tomorrow. So I've been extremely active, and then I'm very involved, as you know, with charity. Yeah. Now, what kind of work are you involved with? You're involved with the animal charities, dog charities, to be specific. Yeah, my wife and I operate for the last 23 years the largest giant breed dog rescue in the world called Gentle Giants. And we rescue giant breed dogs, meaning Great Danes, St. Bernards, things like, you know, big dogs who traditionally have the shortest lifespan. And we've rescued 15,500 dogs in 23 years, every one of which would have been put to death if we hadn't been there to save them. So in the course of caring for these dogs, because they traditionally live short lives, when we would lose one, my wife and I would literally sob. We were so upset by it, and we vowed that somehow, if we could, we'd find a way to help them live longer. And what we've done through the years is develop a feeding and care program combined with a dog food that is different than every other dog food in the world. It's called Gentle Giants, and we now have dogs living as long as 27 healthy, active years. We take no money from this. So there's no profit participation. There's no, you know, on our part is solely to help animals live longer. And what I'm very excited about is at the end of this month, we're going to be in 700 stores in the New England area. We're going to be in stop and shops. We're going to be uh, in uh, giant uh, grocery stores. And we're already in Big Y. And so we're thrilled about that. And then come February, Walmart is taking us national in all of their Walmart super centers. So in February, you're going to be, let's say, you know, most of our listeners right now are in the New York metropolitan area. So they, right. in February, they'll be able to get your product. And what's the name of it again? It's called Gentle Giants, and it's a dog food that retails for half the price of what you would pay in a pet store for a dog food. And, and our motto is half the price and twice the life. So people who would like to have their dogs live up to 27 years like ours are living, this is going to be ideal. And in fact, just to give you an idea, our dogs are so healthy that the only time we take them to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10 rabies update. So customers and I mean, your, your listeners in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the whole East Coast will now be able to get our food all natural, the best all USA made. But the key thing is their dogs can live up to 27 years. Now, why is that? Why is your dog food so much better than the other brands? Because it is completely different. It was designed for longevity. It was not designed to be profitable. And, and we, we, we take nothing from it. It, it. There's so many things I could give you. For example, I'll give you an example, fat content. If, if, I don't know if you have a dog, but if you have a dog, Go home and look in the back of the bag of your dog food. By federal law, next to the, uh, the, uh, the ingredients is a chart called guaranteed analysis. Okay, the first item is protein. The second is crude fat. You're going to find that the crude fat of the food in your dog food is, uh, is tw 12 to 22% crude fat. Okay, so um, ours is only 9% because that other was injected into the food because it makes dogs hungrier to make you buy more dog food. Well, fat content has all kinds of toxins in it. 
not poisons, but toxins, which cause people to have their dogs itch and scratch. And I'm sure you've heard in the last four or five years people talking about my dog's allergic to this. And they, they think it might be a chicken or, or, or grain. And in reality, it's the fat content they're allergic to. And then because dogs don't like the smell of fat, they love the smell of meat. Dog food manufacturers then spray the outside of their dog food, okay, with a, another kind of animal fat to get dogs to eat it. So you wouldn't take bacon grease and pour it down your garbage disposal because you know it would ruin it. So why would anybody feed a dog a food that every single kibble is encapsulated in grease? The difference is ours is no added fat to make them hungrier and no grease on the outside to cover up the fat on the inside. And our dogs are now living up to 27 years. And people that use our food, people ask me all the time, well, my dog is like 11 years old, and you know he's already slowed down. He's having trouble getting up. Will this help my dog? And I said it will do wonders. The older the dog, the more dramatic the difference because our dog food is totally dry, not greasy. And when it goes in your dog's intestines, it absorbs the grease that has accumulated through the years of eating the dog foods that have fat on the inside and on the outside. And when your dog goes to the bathroom, it removes the fat and, and it cleanses the intestines. And that's allowed the nutrients to flow through the body much more rapidly and bring about healing and bring about new cells, which give the dog longevity. How do your dogs react to the food? Do they like it? They about take my hand off getting to it. Okay. And, and they love it. They love it because it's, it's everything they want without any grease or fat. I mean, it is really designed for, for what they want, and they love the smell of meat, but they don't like the smell of fat. And so many people – I mean, look what happens. You know, if you or I go out for dinner, we, we can go to a restaurant. We can go to a market and buy food. We can go to our refrigerator, but a poor dog that smells as fat and doesn't want to eat the food has no choice. It either eats or it dies. And it's really sad. So what's the name of the product again, if you can repeat it? Do you have a yeah, website? Yeah, it's called G Name of Our Rescue, Gentle Giants, and it's for all dogs. We have dogs as small as two pounds, meaning one-third the size of a chihuahua, up to giant dogs that are up to 300 pounds. We have puppies that start at three-and-a-half weeks on this food, and the same food that we feed to a three-and-a-half-week-old puppy, we feed to a 25-, 26-27-year-old senior. They all get the same super high nutrition food. So if somebody has a Great Dane or a large dog like that, what would their life expectancy be on, on your diet? Okay, well, we've just so you know, with Great Danes, we started as Great Dane Rescue. We've rescued 8,200 Great Danes in 23 years. And our Great Danes are living to about 21, 22. Their normal lifespan is only seven to nine years. Right now, we have a Russian Wolfhound traditional lifespan seven to nine years and any of your listeners can go on youtube and if they t just type in the search bar on youtube inside edition burt ward and of course inside edition is a television show they can watch a video that inside edition came out to our house last year and our our our, our russian wolfhound again should only live seven to eight years she's 25 years old in the video and now it's a year later she's 26 and a half and she still jumps in the air you can't do that with regular dog food. And how long has she been eating your, your dog food? Since she's uh, 12 years old. 12 years old. She, li yeah. she lived so a long life anyway at 12. 14. Yes, she did. She did. But we've added another 14 years. One more time. It sounds incredible. One more time. Your website, your dog food. Can oh, you we have let the audience? Yes, we have different websites. GentleGiantsRescue.com is our West rescue site. has a lot of information. GentleGiantsDogFood.com. And our Facebook page, which is really interactive, it's really terrific. People can write to us on Facebook, and within 24 hours, they get a response from us. Any issue involving their dog, their, their health, their care, their, their medical issues, their behavior, we help people for free. And it's called Gentle Giants Dog Food and Products. It's on Facebook, and it's very interactive. Okay, well, Bert Ward from... Batman and Robin, namely Robin, thank you for sharing your time with us on Connor's Corner. Good luck on what you're doing for, you know, the, the dogs that so many of us love. Well, thank you, citizen. To the Batmobile! <laughs> Good luck. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. 
Adult stem cell research is nothing new. It has been going on for decades and, in fact, has proven helpful in treating various diseases. In the process of this research, nobody has to be killed in order to obtain the stem cells. Embryonic stem cell research, on the other hand, only began in 1998 and does involve killing a new human life in order to obtain the cells. The number of diseases that have been successfully treated with embryonic stem cells is zero. They have shown no medical benefit. And even if they did, such activity is immoral. The end does not justify the means. Adult stem cells have treated various forms of leukemia, sickle cell disease, anemia, and carcinoma. Embryonic stem cells have succeeded in nothing. This is Father Frank Lavone, National Director of Priests for Life. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens? Will my to them? assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors & Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, a little over a year ago, my wife, Beth, she saw an infomercial on TV, and she said, you know, those pillows look pretty good, and she bought a few. And, you know, I have to admit, I'm sleeping better since those pillows were purchased, and we're very happy to have the man responsible for that, Mike Lindell. How are you doing today, sir? Great, great. Yeah, I'm glad the pills are working for you. <laughs> right, right. Most of the people out there think, you know, your life has been a bed of roses. You're a rich guy. You have a lot of employees. It all came easy to you, didn't it? No, not at all. And uh, they, I'm, I've been very public with my story how it hasn't been easy. <laughs> but, they, uh, um, but yeah, no, it's been uh, a lot of adversity, a lot of it self-inflicted, and uh, it's been quite a journey. All right. Now, one time, I, you know, I read, and maybe the, you can tell me if it's true or not, you were at the edge of bankruptcy with your with your company. Well, if we, you know, I can take you back at the beginning when I invented the pillow. I, um, I spent a year and a half. I, now, I was a cocaine addict, and then it turned to a crack cocaine addict in the early 2000s. And I invented the pillow in 2005, spent a year and a half of my life working on it. And uh, I mortgaged my house, had four little kids at the time. And uh, we, uh, we, we were completely out of money, but I did have the pillow invented. And I was, I was turned down everywhere. And uh, I knocked on uh, box stores and I said, how many would you like? I have the best uh, pillow ever. And they looked at me, they go, um, you need to leave, sir. <laughs> and, uh, but I, uh, I ended up doing a kiosk. There was a lot of divine appointments where I, I um, ended up doing shows and fairs, um, you know, and uh, and uh, being able to sell uh, my pillow and um, and at least to survive. But we were down to nothing. We mortgaged our house that year to buy, to even to buy Christmas presents and for the kids. And uh, it got up to, uh, um, I ended up a lot of, like I say, a lot of adversity. I had the company try to be taken. It was just my family working and we had uh, all this, all this stuff we faced. I ended up getting a divorce of 20 years uh, when we were losing everything. And um, on January 16, 2009, I had one prayer, and that was uh, the company was completely. I'm like, we're down to like a little, like a little dot on the old-fashioned TVs where you, you, you know, you you turn them off, and they and it gets down to this little tiny dot, and then it, you try to turn it back on before the dot goes out. Well, um, on January 16, 2009, I I had one prayer. I said, God, I, I want to wake up in the morning and never have the desire for drugs or alcohol, anything again. And then I surrender, and they, uh, um, and I did. I woke up that next morning, and it was gone. I said, Jesus. I said, uh, you know, it was the most peaceful feeling I had ever, ever had. And uh, 
um, that was the start of, uh, of uh, it wasn't all easy from then on either, either but uh, um, it got up to, um, um, I, my company was all taken then by different people that had tricked, taken my shows and there was really nothing left then. And we, but I, I started to get things back one thing at a time and uh, got up to um, in December, or I mean, in uh, uh, 2011, October 7th of 2011, I had told my friends and family that summer, I said, let's, let's put together an infomercial and make a half hour infomercial. I want to make it real. I want to make it, um, um, you know, just, uh, and I said, it's going to be the biggest infomercial ever. And I, and I kind of took what I had done at the shows all those time. It kept, what kept me going was people at the shows come up and go, wow, you're, this pill is amazing. And it's helped me so much. And I, I just feel so blessed to help people. And uh, this thing launched October 7, 2011, and, and we went from five employees to 540 days. Now, let me ask you something. When you had your problems with cocaine, crack cocaine, were you a believer in, in, in God at that time? You know, I knew, I did, I did believe, I wasn't born again, but I did believe in God, and I did, I know that God, I always would pray when things were down, and I always, uh, and I always knew I had a bigger platform, that the pillow was just a platform for a much bigger calling, and uh, where I'm at now, I mean, my pillow is just a platform for my, my evangelism and everything else I'm doing now, that, um, um, and, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I did. I did believe in God. Did I? Um, did I walk with Jesus? No. All right. So you get your start. You get your break. And I think a lot of people don't really appreciate this. You went from five employees to five hundred employees, which means four hundred and ninety-five plus people have jobs now that they may not have had jobs if you weren't successful. Right. And that was in forty days. And that you know we. That was growth. I, I look back now, and that was a miracle in itself. I mean, I'm going. How did we? We didn't. We we made enough pillows. That was Christmas in uh, 2011, and we nobody. Everybody got their pillows in time for Christmas. It was just amazing. We were hiring so many people off this, you know, one after another. Now I have over 1,600 employees, and it's all people that you know, um, you know, my hometown where I grew up. I mean, it's just amazing for me to to see all these. Not just jobs, but careers. We we create careers. Now I'm sure you could make your product cheaper overseas. Well, you know that's a. You, everyone said you can't make a pillow here. They, you know there were so many naysayers in the beginning. You, you're not going to get a patent on a pillow. You even if you do, you certainly can't make it here. It's not. You know um, you're going to have to make it overseas. And I, you could maybe if you you know make it overseas cheaper, but I would never do that. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. People, if there's entrepreneurs out there and you're thinking of making a product overseas, let me tell you, you have 120 days on the water. If you're, if you, I, I've seen it happen to companies, small entrepreneurs, they think they're going to save a little bit of money on you know, labor or something. And then they find out maybe their market changed by the time they got it here or bigger companies knocked them off and they're, uh, maybe they get it here and the product isn't as good because it was made over there and you don't have the quality control you have here by looking at your own quality. I'd never even have ever thought of making it overseas, but I've heard uh, a lot of bad uh, stories about people that have. And, and um, so, you know, to answer your question, I, in the long run, I don't think you, you know, you make uh, the stuff made over there. I don't, unless you're a huge company and you have this big pipeline and be able to hold inventory that, that it's, that it's that uh, that you save that much money anyway. Now let me ask you something. I understand you're working on a book. What do you want the the future reader to get out of this book? What's going to be the point of it? Well, the book's called What Are the Odds, and it's from crack addict to CEO, and and it's uh, the what you're going to get out of. It. I've had 14 near death experiences. I've had all these miracles within the book, like what like what one in a million, one in a billions, and and proof that these things that these different things happen. And that God was with me throughout. And I want people to look at their own life and say, when do you consider it a miracle? You go, you know, you put stuff off to chance going, wow, that couldn't have even happened. What are the odds? And, you know, when do you, and so by the time you read the book, if you don't believe in God, you, you know, you need to reread the book. And I wanted to give an amazing story of hope. When people approach me now, when I'm, uh, 
when I'm out there now, I was in, in the public, people don't approach me, oh, my pillow, my pillow. It's, it's, they want to hear about my story, that it gives them a story of hope, people with addictions, people with just a story of hope in general, and they want to hear about, uh, they want to hear about Jesus, they want to hear about, um, you know, how the adversity overcome, they want to, you know, these are the things they want to hear about that mean something to them. And uh, that's what the book's going to put out there is is uh, just a story of hope where people can look at their own lives and see, hopefully see something in there. Um, and I just want to, you know, to be able to give back to help people and, and to give them a, you know, it's just like the addictions going on now when we talk about opiate addictions. And, the, and uh, I've told people many times, I said, if you're a family out there and you've got someone that's, a, you know, a son or daughter, maybe that's addicted to opiates, and you, what you need to find, we, you know, we all hear people are dying. Now, I had someone very close to me, a 22-year-old uh, that uh, died just the other day of, of, uh, of you know, of, of OD'd on heroin and opiates. And they, but with the, what you need to do is everybody knows the success story, too. So you go to that and you find out how they were successful. And it gives that addict hope that he's, you know, where he's feeling hopeless. You go, how did you get through this? And he gets something. So he sees a peer Somebody that's, you know, that's like him or that was, you know, that that has made it through and got and got, uh, you know, and most of the time they're going to find out it's Jesus and that and that God's, you know, that that's how they got, you know, got help. And and if they're not acceptable to that, then you know what? You planted a seed and even the families that are approaching that family, you know, gives them hope, too. So hope, you know, hope makes hope and, and breeds hope. And they uh and that's what I want people to, you know, we talk about how this opiate addiction is so, got so big so fast. Well, um, with God, all things are possible, and we got to just reverse it and show people that it can be beaten, and, uh, and uh, it will be. Okay, now, are there any future projects you want to share with the audience that you're, you're going to be working on? Well, we've got a, I've got my foundation coming out, and what that is, is I kind of reverse engineered what foundations are all about. I got tired of, uh, you know, how much my money really goes to the cause, you know, how much are, this, are they paying their CEOs, how much is the overhead. So what I've done is with my foundation, you'll be able to pick your whatever it is. The, the individual, whatever the need is, and 100% of your money is going to go there, and you're going to be able to hear back the difference you made in their life. And all the overheads paid by myself, my pillow, or other other donors. So you have a, uh, and it's gonna we're gonna bring back trust into what foundations are supposed to be. And and um, you know I think there's so many people out there that want to help, but they just don't know where to put their money anymore to help people. And I want to bring the trust back into that uh, into that, and uh, so people can have the blessing of. There's nothing better than giving and be able to know that it, you really did change the world, or change, or help that person, help others, and that's uh, the, and that's what uh, this foundation will do. And it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be launched very soon, and and uh, it's gonna help so many people. I really believe that it was a God idea that God gave gave me this idea, and it's gonna. And it's going to help so many people. Now, I understand from my producer, you may be thinking about getting into the film industry. Well, we did. The, um, I'm going to actually make a movie about from my book. But I actually was with um, a good friend of mine, Stephen Baldwin. We, uh, we put, I, I told him, I said, you know, before I make my movie, I want to learn the industry. And we went out and we made a movie. Um, we did make a movie. It's a, it's a Christian comedy, actually. It's going to be launched probably early, early uh, first quarter of next year. It's, it's, it's uh, definitely a month or two before Easter called Youth Group. Uh, we might change the name of it right now. It's called Youth Group. And it's, uh, I have a cameo in there. It was very, it was very, I learned a lot making it. And it's a, it's a very good uh, movie. And uh, um, I think uh, it's got a great message um, for, um, for the world. So I think it'll be, uh, but I, I learned a lot and I, and uh now, am I going to continue to make movies? I know my, my, my big focus is uh, is the movie for my book because I really want that to, once again, give people hope and give people, uh, um, you know, what, what I do, what, everything I do now is to, is if it doesn't help people, I really don't want to do it. I, there's no, you know, I want it to be able to help people either physically or uh, spiritually or, or um, you know, in some way. And otherwise, to me, it's not, you know, just to make money that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me unless they unless I can give the money away to help people. 
Mike Lindell, thank you for making a good product, one. Thank you for what all you're doing. You're a very good example to a lot of people out there. And God bless you for the work. Hopefully your foundation goes well. Hopefully that film does well. And we hope to see you again on the show in a a few months or so when the book comes out. Well, thank you. It's been an honor to be here, and God bless you. God bless you. Okay, so Mike Lindell, there we go. Now, Beth, I'd almost forgotten, but you know who I think is coming on next week? Who? Ed Bars. Battle of New Orleans. Battle of New Orleans. Right. And so, the, you know, the the actual main part of the Battle of New Orleans took about 20 minutes, but Ed Barr is going to take a little bit more than that to talk about it. <laughs> because he knows so much. Right. Well, the thing he's got to talk what happens on the left flank and the right flank and the center <laughs> and who is commanding each, you know, flank, you know, oh, whatever at, at the battle. So, oh, I'm so glad he's going to come on. Hooray. Yeah, well, Ed Bars is always, you know, always welcome, and we always enjoy listening to Ed Bars. And, you know, his mind is just incredible. And speaking Maybe of Maybe we should play the Johnny Horton song. Yeah, I think we should. And, you know, speaking about Ed Bars, he mentioned Pat Fauci, and we, we got a call this week from Pat Fauci that says, what, they're auctioning off the John oh, Wayne Alamo? they're closing the John Wayne Alamo it's all going to be sold. They have a website. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, we had the privilege of, uh, you know, getting into the John Wayne Alamo, I guess, what was it, during Memorial Day weekend. Right, right. Boy, time flies. Yeah. We were, they, we were, <laughs> we were afraid we weren't going to get in because there were killer bees all over the place. It it hasn't been open. They opened it just for us because the Wayne family was just so kind. But um, the man that owned the land originally passed away, and his children, the land had been divided up. I I guess when we were there, we should have known it. It just wasn't going to last too much longer. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and and I mean we're, you know, like because it's a couple of hours. West of San Antonio, which is pretty close to the Mexican border by the time you start driving west from uh, San Antonio. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's you have to want to be going there just there because there's nothing around it. So um, I, we should have known at the time it just wasn't going to last too much longer. But they are auctioning off the church pews from the mission. And um, there's a great bar from their... You know, their cantina, but they're a big bar. Everything's going. Um, Bracketville, I'm trying to, you know what? I'll get the, I don't have the email or their website, but I bet you could look it up. The I bet if you searched for Bracketville, um, Alamo, that you'd come up with the if you're if anybody's interested they have wagons they have i mean the stuff that's being auctioned is very cool they're big things and small things but um it it's you know it's sad it's because it wasn't just the Alamo that was um shot there there were other there were other um movies well oh, i think david kincaid is starting to tell us that it's time to Go home. So we're, oh, we're going to be here Stay on safe. hallowed ground next week. That's right. Stay safe, everybody. Bye bye. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.